Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU scene by scene in historical order. Nope. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. That's right, Colin, and it is prelude time. Uh... In our last scene, Steve found out that the 107th has been mostly killed or captured, um, and he is on the move to go try and see what he can do about that. So, here's what happens in the scene. Steve approaches Phillips and demands the casualty list from Azano. Phillips reminds Steve that he outranks Steve. Steve just wants to know Bucky's status. After pushing back a little more, Phillips says that the name sounds familiar, so he probably signed a condolence letter to Bucky's family. Steve asks if there's a plan to rescue the rest of the 107th. Phillips implies that there's no specific rescue mission planned. They're 30 miles behind the lines through some of the most heavily fortified territory in Europe. Phillips says that Steve wouldn't understand because he's not a real soldier and that he needs to go back to the USO performance in 30 minutes. Steve decides instead to execute the rescue mission on his own. Peggy watches him go, looking horrified and conflicted. Phillips doesn't want to hear from her, though. She goes to find Steve, who is in the backstage tent, hurriedly packing. Peggy advises Steve to wait for Phillips to make a plan, but Steve is worried that will take too long. He says that if Peggy was being honest about his potential, that she has to let him go. She says she can do more than that. Meanwhile, a chorus girl can't find her A helmet, while Brant's aide asks if anyone has seen Rogers. Those two things are probably unrelated. No, they're not. They're directly related. Okay. Uh, two um, quotes that stood out to me. Uh, Steve says, what about the others? Are you planning a rescue mission? Philip says, yeah, it's called winning the war. That is a good Which, line. I mean, like, it sucks that that is definitely how things like that get yeah, run most of the time. It's true, but, but it's, it's such also a, a smart-ass thing to say. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then, uh, of course, Philip's classic line to Peggy, the no look, if you have something to say right, right now is the perfect time to keep it to yourself. I nothing to me is more I am a father than yeah. that moment. It like oh god, the way that he just knows that she is like, do I say it? Do I say it? Do I say it? like she's fighting that urge? And the way exactly what you said. It's not like he looks up, sees it, and then says it. It's the idea that he's just do to do to do. You know, no, no, no. Yeah. So yeah. good. The way that he does this is not misogynistic. No, he just knows her. He Mm -hmm. is not like her other bosses where he's like, you're a woman, so shut up. He's like, shut up in general, because I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I think I was gonna say, I think that this is exactly that, which is like, it's not it's not misogynistic. It's that he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't want to hear it. Like, he (laughs) exactly it's equal opportunity, not giving a fuck in a way. Right. Right, Exactly. Uh, Which I think is great. Um, So, yeah. So I appreciate that. Like, yeah. You know, if that was Roger standing there, he would say the same thing. If that was Bucky Barnes standing right there, he'd say the same thing. Frankly, he's probably saying it nicer to Peggy because she has some clout and some like respect. Absolutely. Yeah. She has his respect. Like, he, yeah, that's definitely true. He definitely respects her, which I think is also why he says it in that way instead of just dismissing her. I mean, like yeah. literally being like, get out of my tent or like whatever. Like, just when I say dismiss, I don't mean like being dismissive. I mean, like, you know, Right. Literally removing someone. Instead, he's like, you can stay, but you can't talk about this thing that we just mentioned. What is the... I know that 
she has she's not in companion of him but is the ranking system she's not in the u.s army no but i think a lot of the times with like the allies when people were essentially like for lack of a better term like fraternizing like when they would be like mixed operations you would still have someone who's like in the field who is in charge of of a division right because like by this point it she is technically now with ssr they haven't made SSR yet. Oh, really? I thought she was. I thought she. Oh no, you're right. No, they haven't made Shield yet. She's in the SSR. She has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she is in the SSR now, which I'm assuming is at this point acting as like a uh, in the field, not liaison. I don't know what the word for it is, but like because they aren't like technically in the military. Almost. Yeah, like exactly, kind of like a contractor. So like she's like being Blackwater, assigned but heroic. Yeah, yeah, but like being assigned to his battalion, kind of thing. But like again, it's it's a joint operation between SSR and, you know, his command. Right. Exactly. That's that's fair. She would have a rank from being in the SOE. Um. Oh, but that's also a civilian group. So okay. So she's, and because she doesn't have a cap or tie, it means that she's yeah you know, she's not like active or like an active military person. She is a volunteer or a. Uh, joint operation person of a civilian uh, group. So then wow. she, she does not have a rank. She is. So his okay. respect for her is even kind of maybe even a little bit more. Right. Considering he's like chill with her being around. Yeah. And she's technically not. And like in, beating up his. Yeah. Beating up his folks. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um. <laughs> so Colin. Yeah. Because this is kind of a transitional scene. Mm-hmm. I could ask you. You know, like, is there ever been a time when you defied blah, 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 But something's been bothering me. And now's the time to air it. No, I'm joking. Um, something's been bothering me. Yeah. We have one character that has shown up in six scenes that doesn't have a name. Is it the uh, the guy's assistant? It's Brant's aide. Yeah. He is in as many scenes as Brant is. And actually one more because he's actually in all six and I counted. So we should name him. And that's when I go to my other sheet. The BuzzFeed appropriate pick pick some Marvel stuff and we'll and I will ha- I will tell you what his name and background are. Oh, hell yes. Okay. All right. Question one. Okay. And just real quick, um, Brant is only mentioned in one of them, so the man Brant's aide actually shows up in more scenes. Then Brandt Then Brandt himself, yeah. Wow. Crazy. So, question one. This is a uh, six-question thing, and also uh, three of them don't have to do with uh, Marvel at all. Okay. So, the the quiz probably wouldn't be. Pick pick six things, and I'll tell you what his background is. How about that? Number one. Which of the following non-official actors slash characters would you like to see in an upcoming MCU project? Number one. Virginia Gardner as Carolina Carolina Dean. Number two, Chloe Bennett as Daisy. Number three, Chris Evans as the Human Torch. Number four, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Okay, so here's the thing. I while I think the Chris Evans thing would be fun and kind of like goofy, yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Like sure. That is, I mean, I know people sometimes complain about what we call fan service. I feel like that is absolutely just fan service at that point. Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan should just make cameos as themselves. 
<laughs> in Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be good. Uh, Chris Evans wearing a Black Panther shirt and mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan wearing yeah, a Captain, Captain America, America shirt. shirt. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, so like, I, to me, that's at the bottom of the list. Sure. Plus, also, I also feel like Chris Evans, love him very much, and I think he did a lot of good stuff for the MCU. Yeah. I feel like it'd be weird to bring him back for this sort of reason. Absolutely. To like to like continue his work in the MCU, but then like not really like not impactful, you know? Right. Um, he left right. on such an impactful moment. Sure. The problem that you've now presented to me are two of my favorites that are non-MCU that I desperately want to have be here. I listen. Your friend Virginia Gardner. I that's that's what I was going to say. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> or I, literal I, Tracy Chloe Bennett. I, I know. <laughs> Literal Tracy, Chloe Bennett, like Chloe Bennett, like I love you so much. Your Instagram posts and stories make me laugh basically every single day because you just live a wild life and I appreciate you. Yeah. But I haven't met you and you have not become my friend. Uh, I say as if Virginia was like, we're BFFs now. Um, But I have met Virginia. And so like we're on a first name basis now. Like I'm not going to give her her full name even. Like I think Virginia is great. And like we got to talk for about – uh, like five to ten minutes somewhere in there when I was at uh, GalaxyCon earlier this year. Um, so I think I'm going to have to go with Virginia, uh, Carolina okay. Dean. Cool. Which of these current Marvel teams or upcoming, uh, for in one case, would you like to see in an MCU movie? Number one, Savage Avengers, which consists of Wolverine, Punisher, Elektra, Conan the Barbarian, Dr. Voodoo, and Venom. Number two, the current Avengers, which is Blade, Steve Rogers, Captain America, Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Namor, Nighthawk, Phoenix, Starbrand, Thor, that's Thor Odinson, and Valkyrie, that's Jane Foster. Number three, Thunderbolts, which is Hawkeye, Spectrum, America Chavez, Power Man, that's Victor Alvarez, Persuasion, who is Girl Purple Man, and a new character because this is the upcoming Thunderbolts uh, named Gutson Glory, which is <laughs> sounds like a fake name, but is in fact an upcoming character. Or the current Defenders, which is Cloud, Doctor Strange, Masked Ranger, Red Harpy, which is uh, Red She-Hulk, but with wings, and Silver Surfer. I thought it was going to be an easy number, like, Second choice. Yeah. But I actually really, really like that new Defenders lineup. Yeah. Because I haven't read all of their stuff from that, but it is very fun watching Doctor Strange deal with both Silver Surfer and a goddamn cowboy. Um, yeah. And I think and then that, like, the that Cloud is all that. They're going to update all their cool, like, gender stuff that was weird in the 80s when Cloud is both a man and a woman. Right. So they have some good opportunities to fix some of that stuff too. I do agree with that. Yes. Oh, you've presented me with a tough one. Um, yes. Just you wait. Cause here's the thing. I think it's tight as hell that they've been using blade a lot more recently. Yeah. Um, I've read so many Avengers things that have just had blade in them. And just like, and sometimes he's there like being like very heavy in the story. And sometimes he's honestly like, it'll be like in fight sequences and he'll just be there like kicking ass and like saying literally nothing. But I'm like, Hell yeah. Like that that's cool though. That he literally just was like, hey, you guys need help? Sure, I'm there. Hey, uh, um, I would watch a Tomb of the Vampire movie 
a Tomb of Dracula movie. I've been reading a lot of Tomb of mm-hmm. Dracula and Werewolf by Night stuff where I am in my oh, yeah. thing. There's an awesome opportunity there for like a Frank Drake, uh, Rachel Van Helsing, Blade. Like, it could be very, very cool. I I have a strong suspicion that they're going to do a Midnight Suns thing because eventually X-Men will get introduced. So Logan will be around. Uh, yeah. They're going to be doing Blade. Uh, they've already introduced Moon Knight. I already, uh, sorry, Daredevil is already back in the MCU. So like that's four people that you could have alone. Yeah. I feel like there's a fifth person that I'm forgetting, but like that's four, if not five people that you could already have for Midnight Suns, which is usually like a somewhere between four to like eight people um, at any given time. So I feel like that would be cool as shit. Uh, but yeah. I think I'm going to go with, with option, option four. I think I'm going to go with defense. Option four. All right. All right. Very cool. Colin, you thought that one was was tough. You ready for number three? Here we go. You have to pick one of these, and the others disappear forever. Number one, Dr. Pepper. Number two, pizza. Number three, brisket. Or number four, tacos. You've done something truly evil here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to allow brisket to disappear okay because there are other things that i can smoke (laughs) this sounds so weird to say i know but like i actually i will say i do make brisket brisket is probably the second most common thing that i make i make a lot of pulled pork because i think it it Mm. tends to last me longer sure so brisket i'll say okay sorry i love you but goodbye i'm gonna say something that i think is gonna shock some people i truly love dr pepper it is, oh my God. What is, it is one of my favorite things in the entire world. But I'm going to tell you right now, and this answer... I'm, Colin hey, is kissing this sponsorship Good. No, no. Here's exactly what I'm saying, James. <laughs> Dr. Pepper, this is a direct message to you. I can and will change this answer <laughs> if, if you decide to finally step up and do the right thing. But I'm not going to give you any more free advertisement. I genuinely think that at this point in my career, I'm starting to make some headway. I'm growing. I'm a growing boy. I've got a much Oof. bigger audience than I did even like a year ago. Kitty's and the got fact claws. that you still don't sponsor me, uh, I think, I think, I think that for right now, I'm gonna ransom off this answer and say, Dr. Pepper, if you want to fix this answer, you have to make things right. It's no longer in my, the ball's no longer in my court. I think. I think it's in yours. So. I love this. Goodbye to Dr. Pepper. Uh, now, this is where it gets hard. <laughs> when I used to work at the um, redacted company that I used to work for, right, I was quite literally known as the pizza god. Uh-huh. But tacos, tacos are so goddamn good. And you and I get tacos together all the time. That's true. That's probably true. the most common thing we've eaten together. Agreed. Oh, James, you've, I feel like you've made me actually a, an enemy of everybody at this point. <laughs> because no matter which option I choose, everyone's going to hate me for it. Uh, well, not everyone, but people will hate me for yeah, it. Okay. Just half of the people. I think that at the end of the day, tacos are incredible, but there are still things like burritos and quesadillas and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with pizza. I'm going to say hey, Colin, pizza stays, tacos go. Number four. Mm-hmm. Pick a Blink-182 album. 
Fuck. Just pick one. It doesn't go away. It doesn't whatever. Okay. I also removed the easy ones. Here we go. Number one, <laughs> dogs eating dogs. Number two, Cheshire Cat. Number three, Neighborhoods. Number four, Self Slash Untitled. Oh, this is fascinating. By the easy ones, I mean the ones I, I know that Colin for sure yeah, likes. <laughs> the one, the ones that I, or the ones that I'm like obsessed with, essentially. Right. Okay. You know, Cheshire Cat is great, right? Yeah. It's it's like the early days. This is kind of like how we got to where we are. Yeah. And while it is historic, I'm also a big fan of like strong production quality. Sure. And that album just doesn't have it because it's early. They don't have a budget. Sure. They don't have the time yeah. in the studio. So I'm gonna have to Absolutely. say goodbye, to Cheshire Cat. Okay. Self-titled. Or Untitled has a couple good tunes on it, but uh, truthfully, it is my least favorite album by Blink-182. And I know that that's a controversial take for a lot of people, uh, especially considering it came out during my like middle school years. And so for many people, that's a really defining album. I know. Sorry, James. I'm so sorry. I just, I just remember I was already dating Kristen when that album came out. Yes. I'm so sorry. I know that one hurt. Um, it's fine. This leaves so Dogs, dogs, and, dogs and, and Neighborhoods. I actually truly think that neighborhoods like sorry dogs eating dogs is a incredibly logic next step after neighborhoods i almost Mm. feel like those are like the bonus tracks that like didn't make it onto the album but are actually like the deluxe tracks that actually kind of make it better but it is really short so i gotta consider this neighborhoods is a very good album i think i think it's underrated it has some some not so good songs on it though i have to admit there's yeah there's some eh songs on there Ghosts on the Dance Floor fucking rules. And honestly, so does Wishing Well. And um, the MK or the MH, uh, the date, I forgot the date that's on there. That song is also great. The one about helicopters and gravity. Um, But I think it just, it has so many downs to counterbalance some of the really good that I'm going to, I think, make a surprise move here and say dogs eating dogs. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Number five is pick an Alkaline Trio album. <laughs> okay. Number one, From Here to Infirmary. Mm-hmm. Number two, Is This Thing Cursed? Number three, Maybe I'll Catch Fire. Number four, Agony, and it says Ivory here, but I mean, it's supposed to be Irony. Oh, shit. Okay, hang on. This is going to get tough. Already gonna have to say it's probably gonna be between is this thing cursed and agony and irony i know that's surprising but here's the reason why agony and irony came out when i was in high school i know i'm so sorry i know i know no, it's I know. fine it's fine i need to get over it i know i, know. I need to go <laughs> i know i know but the thing is like i remember that album coming out right before my senior year and being like oh and like that was like kind of part of my personality for that year in a way, right? Like I listened to that album so much. And I know that by no means necessary is it their best album, but I also think it's one of the first of like, it's either the first or maybe the second album where the production quality really like amps up. I mean, they're all considerably better than, I mean, production wise, better than, um, you know, their very first album. Uh, Maybe I'll Catch Fire though is so good though. Weirdly enough, I'm not huge on From Here to Infirmary, like that's overall. So I think so it's so well because From Here to Infirmary is like the easy pick for me here. Maybe I'll catch fire is is such a fun album, but again, production quality is 
lower. Sure. I honestly think that, and also, is this thing cursed has some really goddamn bangers on that song, on that album. And I think that it's also one of those things that's kind of like Blink-182 where things have changed. They're not exactly what they used to be, but also people evolve and change. And like, I think that's sure. fine. Uh, and like, there's some good shit on there, but I actually think just because it was so influential to my kind of growing years, I think I'm going to go agony and ivory. Uh, I started to say ivory. God damn it. <laughs> and irony. I will agree with you about the production. Um, I do like when Matt Skiba's voice peaks out, like it like hits the top of the thing just because mm-hmm. he's just like, so he like, he's like breaking the audio equipment. I really like that about him. All right. And the last one is back to a Marvel thing. Pick a Marvel team up that I just came up with based on existing people. Oh, that rules. Okay, yeah. Number one, Spider-Man and Yelena. Oh, okay. Number two, Kate Bishop and America Chavez. Number three, Captain America, Sam Wilson, and Captain Marvel. Number four, Sprite and Sylvie. Number five, Shang-Chi, Moon Knight, and Blade. James, if you had left it at the first four... <laughs> I Which think, I had originally. Yeah. I had to add it so that the division would be would be fair. When you said that, those first four, I was like, I was pretty sure I knew where I was going to go. That fifth one changed things. I want that team up so bad <laughs> that I'm actually possibly going to be mad if I never see those three on the screen <laughs> at the same time. So I'm going to go for Moon Knight, Blade, Shang-Chi. Okay. Of the five possible answers, here is our Timeline Scavengers canon identity of Senator Brandt's aide. Ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a man named Franklin Sturmvogel. Wow. But uh, he, well, I'll read the bio. (laughs) When Franklin's father came over from Europe, the Great War had just ended, so he was very wary about a surname that sounded in any way German. So he changed it to Storm. Franklin, being the first Storm born into the name, didn't have an easy go of it at school or even in his post-school life. But very much to his credit, Senator Brandt never gave Franklin's last name a second thought. They worked in an environment of mutual respect and, after witnessing the cutting-edge science on display at Project Rebirth, Franklin always encouraged the children in his family to pursue careers in science, and they listened for the most part. There was that one grandchild that wanted to be a stuntman or an experimental pilot or something, but he also donated his skills to research being done at the local college. Franklin was thankful that neither of his grandchildren were involved in the spaceflight project that was being done at the college where the craft got, a, got out to space and was promptly destroyed by cosmic rays. James... I heard Franklin, didn't think anything of it. Then you said Storm. I was like, holy shit. Like, wow. Hey, good job on that one. Love it. James loved that. That was incredible. And I think what we should do, we're going to make this call right here and right now, James. Yes. How about when we get off of this episode, we make some bonus content. Yes. Where we go through the other names that you uh, and and bios that you created for this game. Absolutely. Uh, so if you want to hear that, there's a certain place you're going to have to go to. Yes. So the place to find that content, of course, is patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Yes. For just $2 a month or more, 
uh, you're always welcome to give more up upwards of a million dollars. You can't go a dollar over a million um, right. per month, but you That's know, the listen. Tracy rule. Yeah, no, absolutely. I th- I think Patreon is okay with more than a million, but that's our limit. We have yep. both a minimum and a top maximum. Yep. Uh, so there you go. You are not uh, allowed exactly. to do a million one. Correct. Uh, so that's where you can go. You can give that money uh, and you get bonus content from the shows on the network. And you get things such as uh, Rude Boy Summer, uh, which mm-hmm. is probably having uh, an episode has probably just come out of that just recently, actually. Um, and there's past rude boy summers, uh, which is content that I make during the summertime about ska music. There I'd is like to do some... another one, which is l- with a less controversial album. Absolutely. James, uh, yeah. that's confirmation that James and I will do another rude boy summer. Uh, yeah. and that might be recorded and out before this episode airs or it might come out after who knows, who knows? time will tell time is weird. Um, <laughs> there's also the timeline scavengers bonus content. Like you've got mm-hmm. some bloopers from us trying to make the ad uh, for this show, for the first ad, uh, and it is right. very good. Uh, there's also some Thai bloopers in there. And you can also find bonus content from other shows that we are both a part of, and of course, other shows that neither of us are in, which I know sounds crazy because we're both doing a lot, but there are, of course, other shows and other people, uh, many of which who you have by now heard on this show, which I think is very cool and very exciting. I really love... I love having people outside of the network on the show. Sure. It's always very, like, there's something very homey about having our homies <laughs> on our <laughs> show. Uh, so that was a little fun thing that I made up on accident. Uh, and with that being said, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode. So thank you for joining us, and we will catch you next time. As always, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm James Anderson. I can spell some, but Excelsior does sound familiar. I'm sorry. <laughs> The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.